Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. Here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. This is episode 31. And like always, if you want today's show notes, please go to drpiersblog.com forward slash LLP031. Again, if you want today's show notes, please go to drpiersblog.com forward slash LLP031. And today we have a great episode. Today I'm going to be talking about do you trust your doctor? And you know, I know some of you are wondering, like, why is this even like uh, a question? Because for some of you, like, of course I trust my doctor. This is someone who kind of takes care of my life, right? Like, why wouldn't I trust my doctor? But what kind of motivated me is, you know, I was looking into writing another book, right? So I was looking into writing another book on the doctor-patient relationship. And one of the big things that like comes right off the page, right, is the trust factor, right? Like if you're going to have a good doctor-patient relationship, you got to be able to trust that person. And what I found was so surprising, especially when we talk about the trust factor, that I was like, yeah, you know what? I have to like put this out in the air right now because I think I was just as confused as what I was reading when I when I did just a general search of do you trust doctor? Like it was like mind-blowing how many people don't. So sit back, we're going to get into another great episode and we're going to learn a little things and hopefully by the end of this episode, you know, you'll start to trust your doctor a little bit more if you already don't. So I think first and foremost, we have to really start out in saying why is it even important, right, to trust your doctor, right? Because it's one question to ask, do you trust your doctor? But if you don't really understand the importance of it, then it doesn't really matter if you ask me, right? So I can tell you, I am a internal medicine physician. I do outpatient medicine. I did. I always have to correct myself because I just recently got a new job. I did outpatient medicine for a few years after residency. And I do inpatient medicine where I take care of patients in a hospital. And sometimes it's interesting, right? Because a lot of times your knowledge doesn't really get questioned. Right. Like it's something that usually doesn't even kind of come up in the conversation. If a person, you know, walks into your office and, you know, sits down, books an appointment with you, they've already made the necessary steps. Or at least that's what I used to think. They already made the necessary steps to say, you know what? I trust this person enough that even though my insurance company gave me this person's name, like I'm going to put my health in their hands, right? Because that's what you do, right? When you go to see a doctor, whether you're seeing a pediatrician, an OB guy, and a cardiologist, an intern, as a family med physician, uh, orthopedic surgeon, regardless of the specialty, right? When you're going to see them, you're putting your health care and all the decisions, for the most part, of your health care in their hands. So I think it's extremely important to make sure that we're understanding that all the stuff that we do, especially as a physician, is always going to be in the best interest of our patient and in our patients, you know, eyes, making sure that, you know, all the stuff that your physician asks you to do, right? Usually, I want to say usually, usually shouldn't have any consequence on your outlook. 
And when I started thinking about, you know, I do want to do another book. I do want to kind of talk about this, you know, doctor patient relationship. One of the key factors that you know kept coming up, especially when we talk about people who have bad doctor patient relationship, right? Because it's one thing to look at the good, right? There's a lot of commonalities associated with people who have good doctor patient relationships. I mean, people who love their doctor and doctors who love their patients, a lot of common similarities associated with them. But I really wanted to talk about like, well, you know, why does a person not like their doctor, right? Like what makes it so that when you go to the doctor, you absolutely hate everything about the doctor and you can't wait to leave or regardless of how long you spend in that appointment, whether it be five minutes, five seconds, 30 minutes, or however long it normally is for that appointment, that you're not going to listen to a thing this person says in front of you, right? Because that's where the breakdown comes in, right? Like I, I read a study that said that patients don't sue doctors they don't like, right? So I'm, I'm sorry, but yeah, patients don't sue doctors they like, right? So even if you do something that may be deemed as malpractice in a patient's eyes, if they like you, they're likely not going to sue you. So when patients go to sue a physician, usually it's because they have no relationship with that physician, right? There's no bond that says, you know what, I don't want to see this person get hurt. And even though they made a mistake, I'm not going to hold them over the fire for it. So I think that's that's a big thing, right? Like, you know, as a you know, as a when I was outpatient, you know, intern, it's like I want to know what are all I need to do to make sure I don't get sued, right? Because I don't want to get sued. And I'm in the state of Florida and they're suing people for everything. Right. Um, So I want to make sure I'm not one of the people who get sued for everything. Right. So that's when we you know, that's when I kind of started moving forward and kind of looking deeper into this aspect of, you know, doctor patient relationship. And, you know, that's where trust became a big thing. Right. Like, you know what? I I implore you. What if, if you got some time? Right. Google. Do you trust your doctor, right? Just Google, do you trust your doctor? And about the first 10 articles, they're going to be like, no, don't trust them. Don't trust her. They're, they're in it for themselves. Do not, like, don't, like, all of these, like, extremely negative, right, uh, negative blogs and articles about why there's no way a person should be trusting their doctor. And again, here I am, right? I'm an internist. I was doing outpatient medicine. And now I do inpatient medicine. You know, every decision I make, you know, is likely life or death. And there's a faction of people who don't really trust the things that come in my mouth. Right. So that's that's crazy to me. Right. There's a faction of people who says, you know what? I don't care what this person says. Like, I'm going to go and do what I want to do. Right. Especially when it comes to my health. Right. So that's something like I was like, yeah, like I definitely got to make sure one I tried to eliminate that feeling in my patients. And that was always a big driver for me. Like, how can I eliminate that feeling? And how can I earn this person's trust? Especially, I think, in the the outpatient setting, right? In the outpatient setting where a patient is coming to my office for the first time, I have about, on average, 15 to 30 minutes, right, to really earn their trust, right? And this is a person they just, you know, don't they don't know from diddly. You know, they're their insurance gave me this this doctor's name and like that's why i'm here and i need to get a checkup so they don't know nothing about this person right especially in this day and age where we have our physicians who don't really do much 
outside of put their names on an insurance piece of paper and that's how patient comes to them right they're not really doing much from a a marketing standpoint to kind of stick out right and that's something that you know i'll probably have a podcast on uh, later on as well as what what our physicians need to do to get in line but i'll be honest right like again i'm i'm obviously a minority right so i understand right i understand if you're a minority in this country right and you don't trust this healthcare system right because, uh, if, in fact, I think one of my uh, great, great friend of mine, Dr. Watson Ducatelli, wrote a great blog post. I will post it in the links, show show notes. He wrote a great blog post on all of the the egregious actions, right? Our U.S. healthcare system has uh, done to minorities in this country, right? So, if you're a minority, right, and you don't trust the healthcare system as a whole, I 100% understand. Right. So I understand fully. Right. But I want you to understand fully that not trusting this healthcare system alone isn't going to help you avoid you not getting sick. Right. It's not going to avoid you, you know, not falling ill to, you know, your disease It's not going to avoid, you know, all of the, the, the morbidities that could associate. Right. If you don't get yourself taken care of. Right. So on one hand, I. 1000 percent i said 100 but i 1000 percent understand why some of you may not trust this healthcare system right and they have great reason to right like when you know when dr duke tell was writing that blog post and i read it and i was doing my editing of it it was like it was shocking right to see some of the the actions that are take place right like i like i read about henry henrietta lax and like all those things that they did to her and like obviously we we know very well of the Tuskegee uh, issue, right? So it's a lot of things that you know this healthcare system has done in the name of quote unquote healthcare that would make me like say yeah, know what I'm not messing with no doctor for the rest of my life, right? So I thousand percent understand that, right? I just want you to know in 2017, Doctor Barry's here to let you know that that's not going to stop you from getting colon cancer. That's not going to stop you from getting lung cancer. That's not going to stop you from, you know, suffering an amputation because your diabetes is under control. That's not going to stop you from getting a stroke because your blood pressure is under control because you wouldn't take one or two blood pressure medications. Right. Like that's that mistrust is valid. I recognize it and I agree with it, but I need you to help me get you to the point where we're not worried about that no more right we're and again i'm i'm biased i understand i want to be your physician or i want to be the voice of the physician you go to see right i want to be able i want you to be able to say yeah you know what i kind of don't trust this healthcare system but dr barry said you know what i got to take care of myself first i got to quote unquote you know my model right i want to prevent the preventable death and if I got to do that, like I got to come see you. Right. So we got to we got to be able to meet some happy medium. And I think that's and I think that's what's going to get us to that next level and that next spot of where we want to get to. And so next thing is so I've talked about the doctor patient relationship. I've talked about, you know, what that even means. Right. But like where are we at in 2017 versus where we may have been at, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago. Right. In terms of this doctor patient relationship. I can tell you in the past, right? In the past, it was so much easier for physicians, right? Because in the past, when you had a patient come into your office, right? The only relationship that they had was, I'm going to my doctor's office. My doctor tells me to jump 10 feet 
and I'm jumping 10 feet, right? Like that was pretty much the relationship, right? You had the doctor who pretty much kind of said what goes and the patient just kind of had to deal with it, right? So even if you were that type of patient who liked the question or, you know, who liked to kind of come up with their own back then, it wouldn't have mattered, right? Because your doctor was a type that said, no, no, no. I say take this medication. I say, you know, do this exercises. I say do this diet. And that's what I need you to do. So that was the that was the one. That was one and only relationship that we had, especially from a doctor-patient relationship, right? That was old, right? That's old news right now, right? Not to say that they aren't, you know, those types of relationships now, because there are, and it does have its pros and cons regarding it. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk about it in, you know, in a little bit as far as, you know, the, the good and bad of like each of these types of relationships, because there's like right now about three of them uh, that we can really focus on. So our, so that's that first one. That first one is, you know, you go to the doctor, you pretty much do whatever the doctor says and, you know, everyone's quote unquote happy, right? That's that, that's the old type relationship, right? So now we're moving on to this, you know, almost a, almost like a partnership, right? So that's a, the type two, right? It's like a partnership, right? Where you come in, you come to your doctor's office and you hear what they got to say and you ask your questions and, you know, you try to come to some happy medium before you, you know, you leave your doctor's office and, you know, both of you guys are some, somewhat happy, right? So that's, that's like the second relationship, right? Now the third relationship, right? And then the third one, I can tell you gets, you know, my physician friends like in a tizzy, right? Like the third one is the one where we hear terms such as Dr. Google and, Mr. Second Opinion, like the third one is what drives some of these uh, physicians crazy, right? Especially those physicians who may be used to that first type of relationship, right? Where like I'm the doctor, I say, you know, do this and you're supposed to do that, right? The third one is the patient who is informed, sometimes wrongly informed, but informed, like they do their homework, they do their research, and when they're coming to see you, they're not really coming for any advice. They're just more to say, hey, doctor, I plan on doing, you know, A, B, C, and D. And I just wanted to let you know I'm doing A, B, C, and D. Hope you don't have a problem with it, right? So you're, as a physician, you're more of the facilitator of how to get A, B, C, and D, right? More than anything else, right? Like they hear that, you know, you want to put them on this certain medication, but they're going to try this natural supplement first, right? They hear that, you know, you want, to send them to this specialist, but you know what? They're going to try this, you know, this, this, their own specialist first, right? So everything is a battle uh, with them per se, especially if you're that, the other type of physician where you're not, and you're just not used to that. So let's talk about like the pros and cons of all three of them, right? Because there are some good things, there are some bad things, right? So then I, t I talk about that first relationship, right? Where you, you come in, you know, the doctor says, you know, jump, you ask how high. Good thing about that, right, is in the patient's eyes, they don't really have to make a decision, right? Because I can tell you, some patients don't want to have to make a decision, and they don't want to be the one to make that decision, right? They want the physician, you know, who did all that schooling. They want that person to make the decision for them, right? And, you know, for a lot of physicians, that's great, right? And now, the, the cons to that, right? Like, let's say you're the patient who may want to make that decision, right? If you're a physician who's used to that first type of relationship, 
you guys are going to sometimes clash, right? Because you're going to say, hey, you know, I told you to, you know, take this medication. I told you to go see this person here. Why didn't you do it? And, you know, if you're, you know, type B, you're the one who likes a little bit more of a teamwork and you're asking a little bit more questions than that physician wants to deal with, right? You know, there's going to be some annoyance that kind of kicks in there, right? Or if, you know, better or worse, right? If you're, you know, that third relationship and you're the type like, no, 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 like, doc, I, I, I hear you telling me I need to get a mammogram, but I'm going to do an ultrasound, right? Like if you're that type of physician, the patient, right? You're going to bump a lot of heads with those types of uh, patients, right? So you know, so that's where, you know, that problem comes arise. Usually that first type of relationship usually doesn't give any leeway to the patient, right? The patient really kind of kind of gives up their autonomy, kind of gives up their control in order for the physician to you know do work for them right so that's that's like probably like the downside of that especially from a patient perspective the second one right the second one where it's a little bit more of a teamwork aspect where it's more of a hey you have this diagnosis let's say you have high blood pressure and because you have high blood pressure i think we should do this if you're the type of physician right who likes this type of you know relationship where you know everything's kind of a team thing you may run into those problems with a patient who likes the first one, right? A patient who likes you to just kind of tell them what to do because a lot of patients will kind of perceive that as you don't know what you're talking about, right? Like, why is this doctor asking me like what I want to do, right? Doesn't he know? And then mistrust kind of builds in, right? Which again, is crazy, right? Like you think you're doing your patient a service by including him in the decision-making. But if you're dealing with a patient who does not want to be included in that decision-making, problems going to kick in for you again, right? So again, that's something to think about. Something to think about when we talk about, you know, like that second part, right? Like I said, it does have some good parts, does have the bad parts as well. And last but not least, right? Again, our last stage, right? Where really the patient is like super educated. And again, could be wrongly educated, could be rightly educated, super educated on their disease, their topic, their health, right? And they're coming to the doctor because one, they're kind of con- one, they want to confirm that they read is right. So they want, you know, they're the ones who probably are going to be bringing you, you know, an article from WebMD, bringing you an article from, you know, Google articles were from the blogosphere and internet. And they're pretty much saying, hey, this is what I want to do. I'm just letting you know this is what's going to happen, right? So if you're that physician, again, if you're that, if you're the first, even two types of physicians, right, and you're rigid, right, and you're rigid in your ways, right, and we'll talk about, you know, why the onus is likely on the doctor and not really the patient, and I know my physician friends are probably rolling their eyes right now, like, it's, when, when you're that type of physician, right, who may be dealing with that, like, you can kind of flow back and forth between the first two relationships, and you got this person who's bringing you all this stuff and telling you, no, this is what they're going to do, right? You're going to clash as well, too, right? Because, you know, you, you know, in your eyes, you do all of this schooling. And, you know, why is this person who is able to just Google their symptoms telling you what you should do, right? Why is this person telling you you should prescribe this medication versus that medication, right? That's going to rub a lot of people the wrong way in that regard. So very, very important to understand with those three types of relationship, there's some good and there's some bad, right? So here's the thing, right? Especially, and again, I want my, my patients, my physician friends to understand, right? I think as a physician, we have to be the ones who kind of adjust, right? Like the, the best physicians are the ones who 
can go from and and they they some some of them do it well. I like to kind of toot my own horn and say that you know I can kind of ebb and flow through all of these different types of relationships. And for me, it probably takes like three minutes with you to understand like which way you're gonna go, right? Because as a physician, you never know which type of physician, which type of patient this person's gonna be, right? And how to like really maximize it, right? But like I've I've actually been you know I've actually read books on you know, the doctor patient relationship in the past. I've read, you know, articles and I've said, all right, like, like I've read cues to kind of pick up on, especially during your question and answer phase in the beginning. So I know very quickly, it doesn't take me very long to kind of understand which type of patient I'm dealing with. Right. And I'm telling you, I deal with these type of patients inside the hospital and the ones inside the office. Right. Like when, when you have a patient who's a certain way, you want to be able to adjust to them very quickly, right? Or, you know, problems will arise. And again, when I say problems, again, I'm usually talking about health consequences, right? When, you know, when you have that doctor-patient relationship and it's not good, health consequences are going to be high of concern for you. As a physician, if we want to get back to where the doctor-patient relationship is amazing and, you know, back where it needs to be, like we have to be able to say, you know what? How can I adjust for my patient and really not the other way around? Because these patients aren't budging, right? And you know these patients are budging. If you're a pa- one of my, uh, you know, former patients or you're a patient of mine's or future patient, somebody's listening, right? Understand that you may go to one physician and absolutely love that physician, and then you send your friend to that same physician. That friend's like, nah, I hate him, and like, and this is the reason why, right? Because they have that that doctor patient mismatch that does that occurs like during their encounter that you know pretty much throws them throws them off for everything else right so i think it's in it's invaluable right it's invaluable especially if you want to you know take care of patients and as a patient if you want to like take care of yourself and you know have the best relationship with your doctor right like recognizing like which type of you know doctor which type of patient you're dealing with is going to go a long way and I again, I truly feel that as a physician, right? Like I think the onus is likely going to be on us to do more of the adjusting than the other way around, right? Like you, if you're going to have a patient, if you're a patient, right, who is in that first relationship, who they just go to the doctor, the doctor tells them what to do, and they do it, you're likely not going to change, right? Like you're likely not going to change for every single doctor you go to, right? So as a physician, right, I think we have to be the ones to say, all right, this is a person where I got to tell them, take this blood pressure medication at this time, come see me in three months, bam. Like I know I have to tell person A that because if I don't tell person A that one person A is not going to trust me, they're not going to respect my decision and they're going to be so indecisive that they're not going to do any of the work. But if let's say I have patient B, I got patient B who wants to make this like a team thing and they want to l- know a little bit about, you know, their disorder, right? They want to know a little bit about hypertension, a little bit about, you know, diabetes, but they don't want, they definitely don't want to know as much as, you know, your type C patient. Like they definitely don't want to have to be you know, looking up the, the epidemiology of things and who gets affected. Like they don't want to go that in depth, right? They just want to kind of have like a glossed over you know, approach of their disease, just so they can kind of understand why you're doing the things they do. Like they still trust you, but they just want to make sure that, you know, they have some ownership as well. Right. And, and that's, I think, extremely important, right? Look, you want your patients to have ownership and what they do, right? Especially the ones who want it. 
Again, some patients don't want it. For some patients, their ownership lies in them walking into your office and saying, here, take care of me. That's it, right? Like that that's that's as far as it goes, right? They're not thinking about, well, you know, this why is this doctor telling me I have to like make a decision, right? Because if I have to make a decision, I'm just not gonna make it. Or I'm just gonna get me a second opinion on someone who will. And you know, all patients are entitled to getting their second opinions, right? And again, this is a free country. You can go see whoever you wanna see, but understand that if whoever you're gonna see that second, third, that fourth, that fifth time, if they're the same like your first doctor right in terms of like the category they fit in you're gonna bump heads every single time and then for my 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 c patients my my dr google patients my mr second opinion patients right or mrs second opinion patients right and you know you you walk into that doctor's office who doesn't really you know vibe with with what you want to say right you're going to be the type where you're never going to almost see a doctor right you're never going to want to go see a doctor because they're always going to disagree with you right so you always have to find this balance of you know being able to allow the patient to be the driver's seat but understanding that you're not going to just you know sit in the passenger seat while they drive off a cliff right and I think as a physician, we have to be very mindful, right? If you get those patients, right, the, the Dr. Google patients and, you know, they want to take the driver's seat and you're 100% fine with them taking the driver's seat, that's okay. But understand that as a physician, right, you do have the onus to say, hey, you know, you're. I went to school for all of these years and I did all of this training and I hear what you want to say, but let me tell you my expert opinion because we are experts, right? And I think that's where I want to kind of end this, right? Because I think as physicians, that's something that we've kind of lost. Like we've lost the ability to be experts, right? We've lost that ability to say, hey, I am Dr. So-and-so and this is why you have to listen to me. And this is for all of those patient types across the board, right? Like they don't they don't consider us the viable source, right, when it comes to their healthcare, right? They consider all of these other facets, right? They consider the internet, the 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 Dr. Oz's of the world. No problem with Dr. Oz, by the way, unless he's telling you like to lose weight with like taking beans or something, right? That's the only problem. That's the only time me and Dr. Oz got a problem, right? When he starts saying some stuff that I'm like, Dr. Oz, stop it. Stop it, sir. Especially because again, for those who may not know, Dr. Oz is like a cardiothoracic surgeon, right? So this guy is brilliant, right? So this he's not like no slouch of physician, right? This guy's brilliant. But when he starts telling you to take beans to lose weight and some crazy, you know, thing like that, that's where me and him start 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 butting some heads. But anyways, you know, you have these patients who have put physicians, right, as like fifth on the, the totem pole in regards to health expertise, right? And all of, all of these things is kind of like driving a wedge in this doctor-patient relationship, right? Because again, if you don't consider your doctor as the primary source for your health, like if you don't consider your doctor as the primary expert in taking care of you, especially when it comes to your health care, like that's, that's a problem, right? And I think that's a problem that we as physicians like really, really have to address with ourselves, right? Like, if you like look around, if you looked up, if you Googled and you Googled yourself, right? If you're a physician, right? And you Googled yourself, like what comes up, right? Is it your website? Is it is it your articles that you posted? Or is it these, 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 the Yelp version of the, for physicians, right? Is it the Doximities of the world? And shout out to Doximity. I am a Doximity fellow. So again, no, no problem with Doximity. 
Is it the health grades of the world, right? Is it this U.S. health news? Is it all of these rating websites and nothing about you? Because this is what your patients are doing, right? They're Googling, right? They're Googling. And not to say Google's a bad thing because Google does very well. But if your patient goes to Google you, if your patient goes to Google a diagnosis, they go to Google a disorder and you're not one of those people that they can find online and say, hey, this is what you got. This is what you need to deal with it. Of course, they're not going to trust you. Right. So, again, I leave it there with saying physicians, we need to do a better job establishing the expertise of what we do. Right. Like we do such we do a great job like amongst each other. Right. Hey, I wrote in this article. Hey, I presented here at this uh, you know conference. We do a great job of telling our accolades to each other, which is all fine and dandy. But if you don't tell it to the patient, the one who you need to take care of, that means absolutely nothing, right? Like, because your patient doesn't care, right? Your patient does not care that you publish in New England Journal of Medicine. Why? Because they're not reading it. Your patient doesn't care if you publish in the Annals of Internal Medicine. Why? Because they don't read it. Like, your average patient is not reading all of these places that all of your great work is posted in, right? So you posting it there and not telling them doesn't mean a a hill of beans. So we got to get back, right? So that's where I want to kind of end it there. And for those who, you know, who, you know, got to this point, if if you're interested in, you know, a free chapter of this audio, you know, this book I'm reading, what I want you to do right now is I want you to text free audio book, all one word, F-R-E-E-A-U-D-I-O-B-O-O-K. I want you to text that to 1678-506-506. 7543. And I'm going to give you an, uh, a free audio chapter of the book I'm working on, How to Be the Perfect Patient, right? Again, the the text info is free audio book, all one word, at 1678-506-7543. You'll get a free chapter on um, uh, the upcoming book, How to Be the Perfect Patient. And that's it, man. So we're going to you know sign off here and hope this was a great episode. We're going to see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. I hope you enjoyed that episode like I enjoyed giving you that episode for your listening pleasure. If you want, please join the community. Please tell a friend to tell a friend to join the community. I'm over at Twitter. I'm over at Facebook. I'm over, I'm even over at Pinterest. Like I'm everywhere. Everywhere where you want to be, I'm probably there. My username is pretty much the same everywhere you go. LunchLearnPod.com lunch learn pod at facebook lunch learn pod at twitter and the hashtag that we're using especially when you're listening to the episode and you want to share it and you want to tell all your friends is lunch learn pod as well all one word and before i let you go please do me a favor head over to apple Podcasts, google play soundcloud stitcher radio tune in radio wherever you like to hear listen to your podcast and even if you like listening on my website Leave me a comment. Leave me a review. Let me know how I'm doing. Leave me even a comment to say, hey, I'd like to hear about this topic versus that topic. And I'll be gladly able to kind of squeeze that in on the schedule. And you guys continue to have a great and blessed day. And I'm going to see you guys next week.